1: Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with an Arsenal update joined by Dan, who, of course, you can find on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits, where his tagline will say that he's a decent human being, which uh, I bestowed upon him a couple of years back now. Uh, but Dan, very glad to have you on. Um, I hate to do it at the moment, coming off the back of the loss to West Ham, but people that haven't been keeping up with the Arsenal uh, form or narratives may be surprised. Just the beginning of December, you win against Tottenham, you go fourth, everything looks great, optically at least. Now, fast forward, and it seems like you're, you're drifting further and further away, although, Ars- er, although Tottenham's loss today obviously helps keep that gap a little narrower for a top four chase. But what exactly has happened at Arsenal since things looked so good just about a month ago?
2: Uh, So results-wise, we've dropped off significantly, though performance-wise, I'm not sure we have. Um, In terms of just specifically our results, we've lost—since then, we've drawn to United, which is fine, but lost away to Southampton, drew away to Bournemouth—that Bournemouth, um, Brighton—got brutally murdered by Liverpool— uh, and as you said, just recently lost to West Ham. So results have been pretty terrible, but performances haven't been significantly different. Um, to anyone Do you think looking... that's
1: more telling of recent performances being unlucky or previous performances being a tad lucky?
2: I would definitely go with previous performances being um, quite lucky. Um, yeah, our expected goal difference for the first 16 games during our tw- or 22-game unbeaten run Um, I guess, including City and Chelsea, but just previous to that ending um, was 0.3 expected goal difference per game, which is not great. Um, You know, obviously not like genuinely terrible, but for Arsenal, that's pretty not great. And then in the last six, it's been 0.01. So there has been a difference, but it's not a significant difference that should, you know, result in this kind of form change where we go from a 22 unbeaten in all competitions to losing to Southampton and West Ham, like there's not a, it's not been that kind of difference. Um, so it's felt more just this has been coming, and as I was saying to you, um, you said that some Chelsea fans are less happy with their team or first mm. half season, so are we. And I'm not sure if it's better or worse because at least I and other people I know we kind of saw it coming with the whole performances. I don't know if that's better or worse. I think it's worse because it means there's less chance of it turning up, but mm. um. Yeah, it's definitely something. Um, and we're, again, I think this is more of a real arsenal than the first um, half of the season or first 16 uh, league games. It's more just kind of, we're just getting a bit lucky. Interesting. How, how does that impact your and the fan base's overall thoughts
1: towards uh, Unai Emery, who obviously was being heavily praised there in the early stages?
2: Um, I think the overall fan base is still more like, oh, what has happened, as opposed to this is always who we've been. Um, the people who were expecting it are, myself particularly, I'm not a huge fan of what he's done. Because um, the big thing is we're kind of worse than we were last season, uh, which is a pretty big thing to say, um, considering we were really bad last season. But like again, looking at our underlying numbers, uh, our attack, we've averaged 1.9 expected goals per game last season, and this, this season we're down to 1.61, which if the defense gets significantly better, which is what you expected from Emre, really. He's a defensive coach. You expected us to probably drop a bit in attack, although you would like to not. But if we drop a bit in attack but massively improve in defense, that's great. But we've actually slightly worse in defense as well. Um, last season we gave up 1.28 expected goals per game, and this so far this season we're up to 1.39. Which again, it's not a massive difference, but if the attack's going to drop and the defense is going to drop, we're just a worse team. Like there's just no real way to no way around that. There's not some third thing that makes us better. We're we worse team than we were last season, and I understand Emery's job is extremely hard. Taking over from Arsene Wenger is one of the more difficult jobs in recent football history. But and if we were the same like the same level, you know, different but the same overall level. I would get that, especially if we was it going in, especially after a 22 game unbeaten run. I was kind of like, I'm not sure we'll make top four, but if we get like 70, 75 points and it's just a matter of the top four is ridiculous this season and we at least look decent, that's fine. But like understandable. Um, but if we're a worse team, that is going to call his judgment into question for, I think, um, because he was never really brought in as a long-term manager, um, it was kind of more of a stopgap. But if the stopgap is worse, is like making us worse, then what's the point?
1: All right, yeah. Let's let's uh, dig in a bit more on Emery then. Um, <clears throat> the last time we had you on, we were talking about um, the usage of Aubameyang and Lacazette, and if he could get the two to work together, he seemingly did for a while there. As Aubameyang, uh, I guess with K not scoring, should still be top of the scoring charts. Um, probably tied with salon now, if memory serves, um, but did not look super effective against West Ham. Obviously, the shots on target number was very concerning. Uh, what, what was it, like midway through the second half, you hadn't shot a, on target since like uh, the 13th we had two, minute?
2: We had two shots on target. Um, one would have been Lacazette um, through on goal, kind of through on goal. Uh, saying like that's kind of harsh. Yeah, wide of bit. Yeah. yeah, kind of, kind of through on goal. And I think the other one would have been one of the gwinduzi long shots, but I'm oh, not yeah. sure. Yeah, he took a bunch. Um, Especially in the second work. half, yeah. Yeah, because we couldn't break him down.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, curious about the players there. So we'll, we'll get to the, the creation in a second. But yeah. uh, what have you made of, of the solutions provided to try to
2: get both Lacazette and Obamyang on the pitch and firing at the same time? I actually quite like the 3-5-2. Um, I think this, if, if played with the right personnel, is possibly our best formation because as everyone who pays attention knows our center backs are less than great. Uh they're not good. So having a third one and then having some a base in front of them is at least a way to try and minimize the um badness of them for lack of a better term. Uh and then our wing backs Kolasinac and Bellerin, they're on I'm defending. They're phenomenal going forward. Um especially Kolasinac, He's Somewhere stupidly high in the expected assists charts this season because he just has been getting the byline, cutting back for great chances, which works fantastic for Bombing. Um, and it does get both Lacazette and Bombing in the side as central strikers, so I quite like the formation. I think he's done a good job with getting them both in the side. Um, I think the side could be better if there's if we talk about the creation, which we'll get to.
1: Yeah, let's just get into it now. Obviously, Otso not involved again has really just not been a factor since re-signing his contract um in terms of being on the pitch and and disappearing on it versus disappearing from the team entirely it seems frequently that he's not being involved um by emery do you think some of that is injury stuff or do you think some of it is effort stuff just what do you make of the situation between ottil and emery at the
2: moment it's a mess (laughs) um Ever since uh, I was frustrated for getting subbed off against Palace uh, away when he, like, threw his gloves or whatever, um, he hasn't really been playing away games. Um, or games, really. But, yeah. Uh, and, look, he's not been great this season. I don't think he was put in the best position to succeed for most of it. And when he was played at 10, he was usually pretty good. Um, but even, even let's say, you think he's had a subpar season. Like, whatever, it's a fair argument. For Emery to not—he's dropped him from the squad completely multiple times—and again, whatever you think of Mesudozil is what you think of Mesudozil. To think he's not better to have on the bench than the washed corpse of Stefan Lichsteiner—it's—it's it's just not really defensible.
1: Yeah, um, and it seems the only other option is Ramsey, but Ramsey hasn't really been playing that many minutes either.
2: Yeah, ramsey the Ramsey situation isn't his fault necessarily like he True. he came into a team with he had we had one year on his deal. Um I'm willing to kind of forgive him for the Ramsey situation but he should still play him. Like he is still an Arsenal player. Um like he we were significantly better when he came on the pitch. Um almost immediately against West Ham, like significantly. Yeah, it was very much immediate. Like we he was on the pitch and we could actually create stuff. Um it, Yeah, so he should play him more. I don't really blame him for the contract or situation, but Ramsey's still an Arsenal player for another six months, so he should be played. He's clearly good, especially if you're not playing Ozil, because then you can play him as 10, I guess. Um, Or against... This is another issue I have with Emery, um, which is one you would have seen coming in. He's very defensive, always likes to have two defensive midfielders on at the same time. Like We won the game against Fulton convincingly, and this they're they're really bad. But Morris general point against a lower team at home, you don't need two defensive midfielders. You can have Ramsey next to Torreira or Jaca or Guenduzi and just try and pile on. He's really is really, really reluctant to do that ever, which is really frustrating. Um and it also it, you know it's not if that's one other way to get Ramsey on the pitch. And it's just kind of not using our talent the way it could be used. Like, I get it, I get it. Even just even standard away games, you want to have two defensive midfields on the pitch. Maybe a bit not my taste, but that's at least understandable. At home against a team like Fulham or um, we have, or against Huddersfield, something like that, just you can put more attack and talent on the pitch. Um, you don't have to be so defensive.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?
2: Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
1: Yeah, another thing that's kind of been a staple of his early tenure at the club have been the early substitutions, which obviously seemed a masterstroke specifically in that North London Derby, but have kind of been hit or miss since. What what do you make of that kind of being an established part of his strategy?
2: The North London Derby one I will actually give him credit because that wasn't – a lot of times it's been – oh, I clearly played the wrong team, or I clearly should have started this guy. Let me get him on. Um, the Nova one, Darby one, he actually had a good play. Uh, that, that is easily the high point of Emory era, not just the result beating Tottenham. He genuinely had a very good managerial performance. He put a team out there with a very good plan, and we were executing it fantastically. We just were unlucky to be 2-1 down, but then even, even seeing the plan working, he still went the extra step to be like, I, I think this can work even better, and then we went on to win 4-2. Like it was a very, very good performance from Emory e- as well as the team. But since even before then, like the you know, like early subs have been, like I said, a lot more. It's been a lot more. Oh, I clearly should have played this guy as opposed to this slight tweak could make us better. Um, and I halftime subs in uh, are I think usually a more of an admittance of I made a mistake than. Some masterstroke with uh, this first game being uh, an exception. Um, I it, think it's great that he's not afraid to admit a mistake, but he's uh, making a lot of mistakes.
1: Yeah. Um, another thing, when he was coming into the club, one of my first questions was you struggled away from home last season, and then you brought in a manager who historically has struggled away from home. That's pretty much played to script this year as you're conceding far more goals away from home, you're picking up far fewer points away from home. Um,
2: were you worried about that at the onset, and are you still now? I was extremely worried about it on the onset, and I'm clearly still worried. Um, our current, We have four away wins. Uh, they are against teams currently 12th, 15th, 17th, and 19th. Ooh. So that's not great. Um, and a big problem that um, started happening in the last two years, maybe even three, at least two of the Wenger era, was we would really struggle against the mid-table teams the, like, you know the 7-11 to 11 area away from home. Um, just as the Premier League's been getting better, but it's hard to pick up those points. Um, and that hasn't improved. We... What was it? I mean, Bournemouth were in that area when we beat them, but they're not anymore. Um, what was it? Um, we just lost to West Ham, who are ninth. Um, we... Are, I don't think we've... I can't remember if we played Everton home or away. I um, haven't played Watford away. I don't think um, we definitely haven't beat them. Um, but again, all our way away wins are coming at the bottom of the table. Um, we're not really winning those points. We weren't winning in the previous two years, which would be the difference between Europa league and champions league. Um, it definitely hasn't got better. I'm not sure it's got worse because we were <laughs> super bad away from home last season. But again, it's not about staying the same. It's about being better. Um, so it's, it's it was a problem coming in. It was a concern coming in. It's proved to be a problem. Um, I'm not even, Obviously, Emory should be a better manager and should be a way, good away from home. But it, as much as anything, like put this on the guy's tiring and like this was clearly an issue that he probably wasn't going to fix and he hasn't. So
1: if if there were to be a fix, if you were in his shoes, what changes would you make? Maybe tactically or personnel wise away from home to to try to turn that around
2: um specifically away from home I don't think I have any any different to my normal just holistic approach where just be more attacking like I get I get that's not his that's not his nature if it's not what he does I understand that but like when you're being more defensively like, when like the big thing with Ozil is oh we're worse defensively with him but the numbers don't back that up at all we're just as bad defensively with him off the pitch we're just bad defensively and I understand it goes against his nature to be attacking and cavalier at, at any point, much less away from home. And I get where that may be tough to change, but you just have to work the players you have. The players we have are a team that should go early Jurgen Klopp-Liverpool and just try and outscore everybody. Because we're not going to be able to hold leads because our defenders are a washed Laurent Koscielny Um Socrates, who started the season well, but now is looking like the player we were warned about from Dortmund fans. Um, and whatever Mustafi is, um, but we're just not good enough defensively to hold leads. And if you look at the team, we have Mesut Ozil, Alexander Lacazette, Aaron Ramsey, and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. With the, a squad like that, you should be trying to outscore your opponents. Um, again, I admit that's not really Emery's strong suit, and again, I would put that on the people who hired him. Because if you look at the squad, if the manager we hired, it never really meshed. Mm. Um, and it's not now. It, like That wasn't going to change. He's been defensive his whole career. Um, apparently he struggled with dealing with star players at PSG. That was a thing. Um, that must be difficult. now. Yeah. Cause, um, and again, like, it was a one-off. PSG's weird, but now he's struggling with Ozil. That's another thing. So that's kind of not a great sign if we're trying to be a team with star players. Mm. Um. With with
1: all this kind of negative uh, thought about his performances thus far, is there any whisper of an idea that he might not be Arsenal's manager long-term?
2: Uh, there's not, which is sad. Um, I, A couple times I've Mostly joke, like mostly as a bit just being like, I would fire him today, because it's a bit on something an NBA writer did about Tom Thibodeau, which oh. worked out pretty well for him. Yeah. But um would I fire him today? Obviously not. Firing midseason. No, that wouldn't be right. But if we don't if we get if we win the Europa League, you know what? All is forgiven. Your objective was get the top four or get back in the Champions League. You did it. But if we don't do that, and we don't get um, top four, which is looking extremely unlikely. If we lose to Chelsea next week, we'll be nine points off top four. Um, and I don't. Again, we don't, we haven't been good this season, so I don't really see us making up that gap. Um, if we lose to Chelsea, it's officially. I already think it's probably Europa League or bust. But if we lose, or even just don't win, it's really is full on Europa League or bust. Um, and if we don't win Europa League, I I understand if we don't want to. Well, I don't know. There's some stigma against the whole oh fire manager every season. Like yeah, you don't want to you want to have some kind of stability, but what's the point of the stability if the stability is not where you want to be? Yeah, um, if the one thing, don't line up. It, but... it was one thing with Wenger when like oh the stability was top four, which some people thought we should be competing for the title. Obviously that's what we want, but ultimately we were um, the fourth highest wage bill finishing fourth is kind of expected. That's like what we should be, but if we have the fourth highest wage bill and are finishing sixth then that's not where we, quote-unquote, should be. Um, and keeping the guy doing that just doesn't really seem... Good. Like that just seems pointless.
1: Because,
2: hmm. again, like competing for titles title is one thing, but at least if you're holding in the Champions League, that is a high level of performance. Uh, with teams like City and United who can spend billions and not care, Like it's hard to win the title. But to not even get top four, that's really bad. And yeah. it's clearly affecting us financially, as I'm sure we will talk about. Yeah, let's just
1: get into that as well. Um, there was a bit of a uproar this week um, from Arsenal fans. Is anybody hoping that things would turn around soon with maybe an impact signing in January? Or very quickly disabused of that notion, um, with Emery saying that there was no money for a permanent transfer in January. Uh, what do you think that means, both in the short term and for the larger scale health of Arsenal's finances?
2: Um, I think we're cutting costs because we're making a loss because we're not in the Champions League right now. I don't mm-hmm. know if we're making a loss like against a club, but in theory, like what we based on our old budget. With You're Champions
1: making money, less than you were.
2: Yeah, we have we have a Champions League wage bill with not Champions League money. So we're based on a Champions League budget, which we would have had because we have Champions League like 20 years in a row. Um, we're making less. So we're not used to that. So we have to cut some money. Um, and I think we went out last year to try and rectify, um, you know, just kind of didn't care then just because, um, one, we were losing some wages, but also like we can try and get in immediately. And if we don't, then we're, we're going to have to cut costs a bit. Um, and this is the cutting costs. Uh, I, I don't think it's entirely unreasonable. Like it makes sense from a financial perspective. Um, like, I don't expect to be honored to be a sugar daddy. Um, that's that's fine like as long as he just doesn't take money i'm fine with that and he's not he's being reasonable um it sucks it really sucks but he's being reasonable
1: if you did have the money either in january or in the summer what positions would you address because from the outside looking in it looks like ones that you already addressed last summer like center back maybe another right back uh maybe it's too early to cut and run on leno but much like you were saying with um, Socrates, you're starting to see why when Leno was signed, some fans were, had questions about that
2: Yeah, um, winger would be a big one, um, we really don't have a good wide player, like uh, and like a more typical winger, because we have people who play wide but like Henrik Mkhitaryan, don't really think of him as a winger Awobi, not really a winger, or not someone to stay wide and like beat a man and all that fun stuff um they're very much cut side guys pretty much everyone we have is a cut side guy um and we lack outside of Aubameyang we lack a bit of pace um uh then center back yeah which we have attempted to address but we signed 30 year old Socrates or what how old he is um for reasons uh didn't think that was a good sign at the time and if he he is 30 um and if he was playing like he did at the beginning of the season for his entire contract, cool. You found one who, like, you found the guy who broke the age curve, but that probably wasn't going to happen. So it's probably a stupid signing in the first place.
1: Yeah, a winger is interesting because you you seem to always have a youth player coming through on the wing, and they just never seem to stick. Why do you think that is?
2: It's hard. It's just really hard to break through. Like, you know how many. Um, but you
1: give them opportunities. I mean, Oxley Chamberlain had opportunities. Obviously, he left under slightly different circumstances. But like you had Ganabry, then you had a Woby who
2: had a, a pretty decent shot for a while. Now you have Maitland Niles. As far as Ganabry, that was a whole thing. His injury kept him out till near the end of his contract. Then we made a bad loan deal. Like we shouldn't have given him to Tony Pulis. And then at that point, he just wanted to leave and we couldn't do anything about it because later he only had a left his contract. Like, he would have made it if he'd stayed, but he didn't want to because he thought we weren't using him properly, which, I mean, we loaned to Tony Pulis, fair enough. Awobi <laughs> um, is still, like, a solid squad player. Um, if we get a bit of, like, 30 mil upwards, then I think we should probably accept it because I don't think his ceiling is great. But even if he just stays around as a squad player, like, that's fine. Like, he's a good player. He's made it. I would qualify him as making it. He's not a star, but he's a good player who can play at a top four level, um, at least a top six level. Uh, Maitland Niles is being thrown all around everywhere. And he's not really a winger. He's brought up as a central midfielder who has just happened to play wingback for most of his arsenal career. Um, yeah, uh, I'm not sure he's going to make it, but if he does make it, it's probably not going to be as a winger anyway. And probably never was going to be, um, so then the next guy, well, the next guys are Reese Nelson, who's on loan at Hoffenheim, who had... Ah, he, he got a lot of hype early in the season He's scoring a lot of goals, but it was pretty unsustainable, and he's not really playing that much because I don't think his performance is particularly good. Um, I'm not sure he's going to make it, but maybe. Uh, maybe. Uh, then Emil Smith-Rowe, who um, picked up an injury, but he's it wasn't a long-term one, and he's looked pretty good in the Europa League, so that could be something. Maybe. But even Higgy's more of a cut-and-side winger than a, a fast dribbly winger.
1: Interesting. Well, uh, to wrap up, um, we've obviously had some pretty uh, negative thoughts there, uh, and it's during a tough run, which could turn around. But on the whole, uh, what have you made of the season thus far? And other than that, what do you think the goal is for the rest of the season? I know you mentioned Europa
2: League. Is that now the only target? Um, as far as the season on a whole, it's not entirely surprising, which again, I'm not sure if that makes it better or worse, but it's been pretty sad. Um <laughs> Uh, and then, yeah, assuming I'm, you know, we're only six points off. Top four is not gone. And Chelsea aren't in great form themselves. And Chelsea aren't in great form themselves. It's not gone. But if you, if I if you had to make me put money on it, I'd put us I'd put money on us not making the top four, which would entail mean Europa League or bust. That's our season now.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on and talking this
2: with us. Uh, tell the folks where they can find you. You can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits and since Arsenal's defense is terrible you will be seeing many dog pictures so <laughs> that's a good thing yeah for those that don't know when Arsenal can see ever, everyone else just keep, you want Arsenal's defense to be bad everyone follows me on Twitter
1: because <laughs> <laughs> you just get more dog pictures uh from what is it we rate dogs
2: is that the? yes we rate dogs I, yeah every time Arsenal concede quote a tweet from them because I you know why spread negativity when you can spread dogs
1: that is an excellent point. All right, well, uh, thanks again, Dan. Best of luck to you uh, through the rest of the season, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Awesome, thanks.
0: Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better.